Disrupting Japan, Episode 77. Disrupting Japan is sponsored by Justa. Now, I've known the team at Justa for years, and I've been recommending them long before they became a sponsor. Justa is really the only recruiting site that gets bilingual startups. Whether you're looking for American engineers or Japanese sales staff or the other way around, Justa can help you out. Unlike recruiting companies, they are priced to be very startup friendly, and unlike job boards, they're an active part of the startup community here, and they're trusted by some of the best talent Japan has to offer. So drop by justa.io and see what they're about. Welcome to Disrupting Japan, straight talk from Japan's most successful entrepreneurs. I'm Tim Romero, and thanks for joining me. You know, Japan has always been the land of cool hardware. From the Zoom recorder I'm speaking into right now, to the Game Boy, to the PlayStation, to the Walkman, to the transistor radio, Japan has always been a mecca for gadget geeks. Of course, things have changed in recent years. The falling price of not just computing, but of manufacturing and prototyping. Has resulted in some amazing connected devices appearing all over the world. And Japan, if we're being honest with ourselves here, is falling a bit behind. Well, Ichiro Animori of Zenoma is a small part of the solution to this. He left a 20 year career in material science to found a company that produces what they call e skin. It's a tight fitting shirt. That can sense the movement of its wearer and act as an inexpensive and accurate motion capture device. And its price and durability is something you might find a little bit surprising. Of course, with the cool hardware available now, attracting developers to your new platform, no matter how cool, is something of a challenge these days. Even Google has had problems in this area. And Ichiro and I dive into some detail about how Zenoma is solving this. We also talk about the challenges that Japanese enterprises and universities have turning fundamental research into real products and the steps that they're taking to solve them. But you know, Ichiro tells that story much better than I can. So let's hear from our sponsors and get right to the interview. Some of Japan's largest companies are starting open innovation programs and actively reaching out to global startups. They're new at this, and that's where Crew, with two W's, comes in. Crew runs corporate startup accelerators for companies like Toyota and Panasonic and dozens more. And these programs are one of the best ways to jumpstart your business in Japan. Many are open to global startups, and they're completely free. Now, I've known and worked with the Crew team. And they're probably doing more than anyone to bridge the gap between corporate Japan and global startups. So drop by crew with two W's dot ME slash four hyphen startups and get started. I'm sitting here with Ichiro Amimori of Zenoma. You guys make e skin. It's like clothing, it's motion capture, it's just a shirt, really. But Thanks for sitting down with us. <laughs> nice meeting you. Tell us more about what Zenoma is and what this shirt really does. Okay, so we are the、uh, startup company from the University of Tokyo. And、uh, we, we established our company in、uh, November 2015.、Uh, what we are making is the、uh, e skin, as you said. 
which is a smart apparel, we are not saying this is wearable because shirts is always wearable. Right. <laughs> As you can see here, um, this is just the shirts, stretchable shirts. Right, and I'm, it's, it's an audio podcast, so it's kind of hard to explain, <laughs> but right. it just looks like normal, stretchable workout wear yeah. with kind of a Tron design right. to right. it. Right, everybody said that, <laughs> yes. And actually, the, uh, the, this Tron design, uh, you, can, you see the, uh, this silver stuff, mm -hmm. is the uh, electric circuit, and which is stretchable. Okay. So in here, there's a uh, wirings and sensors, and uh, you, can, you can touch. This is stretchable, right? Right, right. And that's the amazing thing here is like we'll, we'll put pictures up on the website so everyone can, can know what it looks like. Mm -hmm. But these circuits don't seem to be wires. They're printed on here. And are, are they printed? They stitched? Actually, we are not saying the manufacturing process in details, but we are using many kinds of uh, manufacturing process, which is conventional. But the point is that um, you, you see this, uh, this super stuff. And somebody, people said that is this conductive? But actually, the silver stuff you see is not a conductive. Okay. So all the uh, conductive part is in the uh, this silver stuff because when we when you sweat, you you might have a electric shock due to the uh, water, and then uh, all the uh, electronics is insulated well insulated on both sides, and this was this silver stuff is one of the insulate insulation layer. Okay, so the silver stuff really is just to make it look like Tron. Yes, it's just a design. Yeah, we can make it black, but why, why don't we make it like Tron? <laughs> we are not saying that, but yeah. All right, so the sensors really work by the stretching of the fabric. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, we are saying that this is a motion capture suit, shirts, without uh, using camera. What we are doing is not just capturing motion, but uh, we are measuring the uh, deformation of the shirts caused by our motion. So for instance, when we bend our elbow, the elbow part is stretched. And then we see that the shirt elbow is bended. So that's, a, that's the principle that we are doing. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, is, it, is it washable as well? Yeah, of course. Um, you, you're not, right now you are not seeing this part. Uh, we call it hub, which is a controller. And when we are using it, we need to attach on the shirts like this. Okay. And, and for the listeners, this is a small barbell-shaped device that you attach across the chest of the shirt. Yeah. And this part is not machine washable. But once we can take, take it off, and then all the rest of the shirt is machine washable. Okay. By the way, how do you determine machine washable? Is there some kind of standard for this? That's a really good question. I did not know that, but there's a ISO standard test for machine washing. Yeah, there's ISO A, ISO B, and ISO C. So three levels of machine washing. Yes, and they also have a STM, American Standard Test. And what we chose was we chose ISO C, which is closer to the ASTM. And what we did was we washed in the 40 degree hot water for 100 times. A hundred times? Well, they've got standards for everything. That must have taken a while. Yeah, actually it took two months and a half. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> actually, what, what, why we stopped at 100 times is not from the uh, breaking, but just the time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So traditional motion capture equipment has wires connecting the user back to the computer, but this obviously, there's no wires, it's all wireless. Mm -hmm. So... The snap-on controller obviously has a wireless transmitter in the device. Mm -hmm. Are there other sensors in there? Yeah, actually in this controller, we named it hub. Uh, there's a accelerometer and gyro in here. Okay. Yeah, to measure the uh, move, moving of the our center of the body. 
Right, right. Things that wouldn't stretch this shirt.、Mm -hmm. And also、uh, in here,、uh, there's a battery and microcomputer and Bluetooth, as you said, as a transmitter. So、uh, this is a kind of a CPU of this system. Yeah, and once we take it off, we can wash everything. But this is the most important part, one of the most important part for that. Okay.、Yeah. Looking at it, I mean, can this also be used to say monitor breathing or heart rate? Yeah, we can measure the、uh, breathing, respiration. Because when we are breathing, our chest is moving. And then、ah. we can measure the respiration.、Right. But unfortunately, we cannot measure the heart rate. And I can say that at this CES at Las Vegas in November,、uh, January, Uh, we demonstrated the baby monitoring system we named it eSkin Cool, which contains the、uh, temperature sensor, which is a digital sensor. Once we can plug in the、uh, digital sensor on the shirts, we can change it to anything. For instance, heart rate monitor sensor, or SpO2、uh, pulse oximetry sensor, or even, even motion, motion sensor can be embedded on the shirts. So the baby device, it's Just a little wearable shirt to let the parents know that their baby is still moving around? Yeah.、Oh, okay. Yeah. I want to drill down into the different uses of this a little later. But right now, let's, let's back up a bit. And I want to ask a couple questions about you.、Mm -hmm. You seem like a pretty non typical startup founder.、Mm -hmm. You got a degree from Todai, you got a PhD in material science from Brown, you were at Fujifilm for 20 years. What made you decide to leave a successful career at Fujifilm and start this crazy startup? <laughs>、uh, it might be crazy. <laughs> I agree. But actually, when I was in Fujifilm, I'd been working on making new businesses、uh, for 18 years.、Uh, when I joined the Fujifilm and started my career, our photography business was nearly gone.、Right. And then I had a chance to start a new business in the Fujifilm. So for me, Uh, making a new business in a big company or making a new business at a startup is almost the same. And what I felt when I left at the Fujifilm was、uh, since I, I, I've been working for a long, long time, I was too much tired of using a long, long time for decision making、uh, yeah. by someone else. I thought that I could make it by myself. I think it was a good time for me. To start by my own power, and then I actually I left Fujifilm at there. So, Fujifilm is not involved with this startup at all. It's a completely.、Uh, re、recently, actually, they're a good company for、uh, innovation, and then, then they are starting the、uh, pharmaceutical businesses and healthcare businesses.、Yeah. Well, actually, Fujifilm is a very interesting company in terms of innovation,、mm -hmm. because if we back up 20 years、mm -hmm. when digital photography was just starting to take off, Both Fujifilm and Kodak were extremely big and powerful companies. And over the last 20 years, Kodak's pretty much, I mean, they still exist,、mm -hmm. but they've lost most of what they used to have. Right. But Fujifilm has managed to innovate and change and develop new businesses.、Mm -hmm. So you were there during this time. How did they manage to innovate、mm -hmm. when they saw their market? Disappearing. It's, a, it's such a hard thing for a big company to do. I, I think so. This kind of question was always com, coming to the Fujifilms. But from my point of view, one of the good things was the,、uh, near about late 1990, huge LCD business was coming. Fujifilm was a kind of good company to supply to the even small markets. And then they had a chance to shift their business from the、uh, photography film to the LCD business. I think that's a big difference between the、uh, Fujifilm and the Kodak. 
they obviously had teams devoted to making new products, and yep. that's what you were doing there for yeah. 18 years. Yeah, that's a really lucky thing for me. Okay. Yeah. Now that you're at Zenoma full-time mm-hmm. and making these cool shirts, let, let's talk a bit about the use cases. Well, actually, first of all, how much is this going to cost? Actually, from February 1st, we are going to sell uh, these shirts with the SDK software development kit. And uh, that one costs about uh, 5,000 US dollars. Okay. But that one is for a uh, kind of platform to allow them to make their own application. Uh, we are not going to charge for the application, so that's why it costs like that. What's your target price for the end user? Uh-huh. Around the sum- April or summer, we are going to start to sell to the consumer. The price is going to be cheaper than 1,000 US dollars. So under 1,000? Yes. Okay, that's a pretty expensive price point. So it would seem that that would mostly be focusing on commercial or industrial applications. Mm-hmm. For now, I, I have to say yes, but I'm still expecting to be bought by a, a gamer or something. Okay. Yeah. It would be pretty serious gamers. Yeah, too. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> but there are, there are a lot of very serious gamers out yes. there. Yes. Long term. Mm-hmm. What do you see of the applications here? So, I mean, the obvious use in gaming uh, as a VR controller, do you see applications in like sports or medical monitoring or, or what are the end uses you see? Yeah, uh, actually we are thinking about uh, using this for uh, more than 40% of the people <laughs> to monitor their life. We can monitor the whole body with the only one controller so this is the most different, uh, different part from the uh, watch type, uh, glass type, uh, wearable devices. So we can make any shirts, any kinds of shirts with the sensors on the whole body. Then we can monitor the, uh, any part of the body with one controller. Okay. But for now, this is too much eccentric. <laughs> yeah, it's, but you know, we're just starting on this. But yeah, it does, it does look a little strange for most everyday uses. The final goal is all the people will wear this game. But for now, uh, we are thinking about uh, just gamer or sports player. Okay. And those kind of people have uh, keen needs for this kind of thing. For now, we can uh, measure the motion capture, but in the near future, we are going to plug in the heart rate sensor, as you said, or ECG or something else. And uh, luckily or unluckily, if one gamer have gotten a heart attack. If we can measure the uh, ECG before he or she got a heart attack. So that one is very suitable for uh, in prevention, preventing diseases. Okay. Your SDK is written on the Unity platform. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that seems like pretty heavily targeting VR and gaming. Yes, correct. So for now, we are thinking about the gaming because okay. we want to increase the, increase the users those kind of, you know, so-called early adapter in the gaming industry and sports industry. So that's why for now we are focusing on game and uh, sports industry. But at the same time, like a uh, hospital or healthcare company are interested in our shirts for monitoring health conditions. Okay. Well, that makes sense. But what's your strategy for this? Because there's so much really cool hardware Mm-hmm. coming out these days. Mm-hmm. Different types of controllers, different types of wearables. Mm-hmm. How do you get the attention of developers and get them to develop for this hardware? Uh, I think the point is that uh, since we can measure our whole body with only shirts, just one device is this one. 
in terms of the uh, motion capture, usually motion capture is a, a camera system. So they have to stay in front of the camera and then you, they can capture the motion. Right. But um, in the case of gaming, people always sit, sit down in front of the big, big monitor. Well, I understand the kind of unique advantage of, of using a device like that. But to get developers developing for your platform, mm -hmm. is it enough simply to go to trade shows and let people know you exist? Or do you have another strategy to, to build up awareness among developers? Uh, in terms of that, actually, we are making our own application as well. Okay. And uh, since this is uh, uh, radio, so I, people cannot see it. But um, I can show you some uh, demonstration movies like... Okay, right. There's a... Exactly as you'd expect from a gaming controller. Yeah, yep. but you would not see how tired this gamer is. <laughs> Actually, recently the eSports is coming to the US market. Usually gaming is just using a controller and it's not very hard to work. But in this case, we can play more than one hour. I can imagine jumping around is yeah. really jumping around. Yes, so now uh, the gaming is turning into the fitness. I think it's clearly like the next step beyond what Nintendo Wii brought. Yes, correct. Yeah. It's a closer mapping to what your body's doing to what's happening in the mm -hmm. game. So how much interest have you received so far from developers? Actually, there are many uh, game, comp game company and also eSports related company are asking us to use this. Wow, okay, that's fantastic. Now, are most of those companies in Japan or in the US? Unfortunately, most of the companies are in the US. You know, that doesn't <laughs> surprise me much. Um, why is that? <laughs> I'm Japanese, so it's really hard to answer. But in general, uh, not so many early adapters are in Japan, and uh, they tend to be a kind of followers. Of course, American has a lot of the early adapters, and also Chinese, there are many early adapters as well. Wow, okay. Yeah, so they're pretty aggressive. Last year, we had an exhibition at the chi in China, and uh, we, we also found uh, many early adopters there. Okay, so it's been the trade shows like in China, and I know you went to uh, CES yes. and uh, the WARE conference. Yes. And so that's where you got all the, the notice and the attention of the developers. Yeah. Unfortunately, not too much in Japan. <laughs> Unfortunately. That is kind of disappointing because on one hand, there's so much cool hardware and controllers being developed here. Mm -hmm. At one point, not that long ago, mm -hmm. Japan really was the world leader in video gaming. Mm -hmm. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> I have some uh, friends working in the gaming industry. And as you said, now the gaming industry center is moving from Japan to uh, Asia. One thing would be, um, I think the working situation, I mean, just salary or those kind of things is not good is one, one reason. Still, like uh, Sony and Nintendo is in a good position, but now the value of the, the in gaming industry is moving, shifting from the hardware to software. Yeah. I think that's a big issue. So even the application itself is free of charge. They can charge in any places because the OS is now only iPhone and Android, mm -hmm. iOS, Android. OS itself is a platform, and they can charge or more than 30% for each application, so they can have lots of money by making other person's software. Uh, we, we can do that. Right. So if you're not getting development inquiries from the gaming industry in Japan, are you getting inquiries from other kinds of industries? Recently, um, Japan is a kind of uh, 
the average age is now very high. We have lots of elderly people in the society. Some uh, facilities which runs the uh, nursing homes, uh, those kind of people are interested in using ours because we can monitor uh, behavior of the elderly people without using camera. We have less privacy issues than the uh, camera system. That's interesting. So you still have a lot of interest in Japan. It's just coming from completely different industries than、mm-hmm. it is from overseas.、Mm-hmm. Excellent. Let's talk about Japan in general.、Mm-hmm. Zenomo is a startup spun out of Tokyo University,、mm-hmm. and there's a lot of stuff Todai is doing these days to help entrepreneurs. So, were there any particular programs that that helped you? Actually, we are not using the、uh, that kind of program. But、uh, when we start a company,、uh, there was a program to take us to the、uh, South by Southwest in Texas, Austin. In、oh. uh, last year, we could we could we could go to the Austin as、uh, one of the Todai members. And also、uh, recently, Todai started the、uh, acceleration program within the university, so students can join to start their own company. I think the、uh, not only from the financial, but also the、uh, this kind of support system. Now Todai has a very nice program. So, is the technology based on work done at Tokyo University? Yeah. Oh, I didn't mention that. But actually, our our company was start from the、uh, JST Erato program, which is a national scientific program for five years. At that time, Todai was making the、um, ultra thin organic electronics and also stretchable electronics. Professor who runs the project、uh, named the Professor Somiya. Uh, is a、uh, my friends actually. Okay. And then、uh, he asked me to join the project to start his own company. Ah, okay. Yeah, but he he did not want to directly run the company, but he wanted to have someone. And then he pick pick me up, and I joined. All right. So that's the the Todai tie-in. You know, Japan has always been very strong in basic research,、mm-hmm. both、uh, universities and industry here.、Mm-hmm. But recently, in the last certainly in the last twenty years or so, it seems that both universities and industry is struggling with productization to、mm-hmm. turn this basic research into products people want.、Mm-hmm. Are these kind of programs the way to fix it? Actually, that was my、uh, interest when I was in the、uh, Fujifilm because, as you mentioned, and I agree that there are so many interesting uh, academic uh, results in, in there. But in some reasons, they cannot make it、uh, bring it into industries. At that time, I was in the industry side,、mm-hmm. but、uh, at the same time, I could not do that by myself. And that's one of the reasons why I left Fujifilm and I I started by myself. About your question, I so-called Japan Entrepreneurship 2.0. In Japan, there are so many good manufacturing infrastructure. Not only just machine, but also the people. And at the same time, as you said, the state of art knowledge is in in the university. But I think we do not have a good function to mix these two. To bring to the、uh, market, so to take the the work being done and to actually create a product, bring、yes. it to market. Yes, I have to say that the Japanese big companies are too conservative to enter the、uh, new market. So they are always waiting for someone is going to first, and then they are going to follow because they cannot determine by by themselves. That's the opposite of innovation. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And the funny thing is that、uh, while you're a follower, you already had the、um, technologies there. 
So why you a follower? And then the engineer always say that we could do that, but you did not make a decision. <laughs> <laughs> so that was your that was your experience for 18 years at Fujifilm. Yes.、Ah. Yes. It sounds like. It's really falling on startups to handle the innovation in Japan、um, for now. But、uh, I want to make Zenoma as one of that kind of role model, and then、uh, I think the small startup in Japan can work with both university and a big company to bring their good parts to make one business. The、uh, exit is not only for、uh, from IPO, but the M and A is also very good because if、uh, the big company can buy. And the business has a good synergy with their current business. That's really okay. But this is very interesting too, because I think that same risk aversion that prevents big Japanese companies from innovating also prevents them from doing strategic M and A. Even now, Japanese companies are very hesitant to acquire innovative startups. Yes. Do you think that's going to change?、Uh, I think. I, I think we're seeing this. A little bit of changing on that now. What if、um, the sit- economic situation is going bad? As long as they they still have money, and if they can make it themse- by themselves, they have to make a decision at some point. And as long as they have money, I think they are going to do it. Okay, that's encouraging, and I hope we we will see more of it.、Mm-hmm. What about open innovation programs?、Mm-hmm. Do you think that? Open innovation programs are going to be the key to driving innovation in big companies, or do you think it's going to be more likely strategic M and A? Actually, it's a kind of a buzzword of the open innovation, but it seems to be that the open innovation itself is not open enough. <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean?、Um, for instance, they're always choosing to show what they can do. They are not quite. Open to work with. I mean,、uh, so they're not—they're not really taking on innovative products to change the company. No, I don't think so. It's just for show. Yeah. To make a PowerPoint presentation <laughs> to the CEO and.、Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. At some point, they have to make some sort of decision. But、uh, so far, I did not see、uh, lots of that kind of cases. <laughs> I, I think this—this this is the core problem. Large Japanese companies simply cannot make decisions. No, they cannot. They cannot. <laughs>、yes. That's a, that's an issue. Whether it's open innovation, strategic M and A, or product development. But I can say that from the 2000 to 2010, they are still investing on their own R and D. But now they are shifting from their own R and D to the CVC. So they have they are keeping some money, not for、uh, their own researcher, but for outside. Startup or something.、Okay. This is a big, big change. Yeah, that is. We already, yeah, we can already see it. That's encouraging. I guess in Japan, you just have to be used to small baby steps. <laughs> sometimes. Before we wrap up,、mm-hmm. is there anything that you want to talk about? Any question I should have asked you that I forgot about? <laughs>、um, I heard that the,、uh, the people who are listening this is already interested or involved in the、uh, startups. Yeah. And、um, I would say that.、Um, Especially in Japan, we need more matured entrepreneur. We we recently we have very young, nice entrepreneur, and that's a good thing. But at the same time, from the 1990s or something, we did not have lots of a、uh, young entrepreneur at that age. And so what happened was the uh, uh, if a well-experienced entrepreneur already exists, young entrepreneur and an experienced young entrepreneur can work each other. So more mentoring. Yes. 
not only mentoring but also a, how to say role model or something. Right, right. But unfortunately, we don't have those kind of things right now. At the same time, like my age, I'm 48, it's not very good for them to work in the big company as long as they cannot be a director or you know, CEO or something. Right. And they, their situation is going to be really bad. They might be able to find the job in the、uh, China or Southeast Asia or something. But at the same time, definitely in Japan, we have a great potential to start our own company. And、uh, they already have lots of experience. If、uh, they, have, they can be crazy, <laughs> as you say, definitely they have a chance to be. Okay. Yeah. Before we wrap up, let me ask you my magic wand question.、Mm-hmm. And that is if I gave you a magic wand、mm-hmm. and I said you could change one thing about Japan,、mm-hmm. anything at all,、uh, the education system, the way people think about risk, anything at all. To make it better for startups here in Japan. Okay. What would you change? I think the key word is a risk, risk taking. I would say the、uh, good way to do is、uh, we need to eliminate the importance of the academic credential. In real, the people who can join a good company or who can have a good position was、uh, usually a graduate from the good university or the graduate school. But when I'm working in this startup, I think the、uh, academic credential is not a big point, but、um, what they can do by themselves is、uh, much better. Even the technical college student is really good, but university graduate student is sometimes, no, they can, they can do nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if Japanese people can no longer use academic credentials to evaluate someone's suitability for a job, what should they use? I think the they first day they are going to start working is the better. Rather than they are looking for what is suitable, they are always saying what is suitable for my job. But if they can't make a decision, why don't you start for working? And then they are going to find something that they can do. But right now, they just don't make that decision.、Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it sounds like a great use for the magic wand would be make Japanese people better at making decisions. <laughs> That's very simple. <laughs> That's very simple. So, if they did that, you would have many more university students and young people creating companies and,、mm-hmm. and trying to do things.、Mm-hmm. All right, and that's important. And I guess we, we are seeing more of that now.、Mm-hmm. More young people are starting their own things and、mm-hmm. deciding not to go into the corporate life. Yeah, recently, yeah. Young, some of the young people are already studying. So,、uh, yeah. It seems to be that it's very nice. Yeah, well, it sounds like it's all on the right track.、Mm-hmm. Well, listen, Ichiro, thank you so much for sitting down with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Startups are the lifeblood of an economy, and there are few who understand it better than Deloitte Tomatsu Venture Support. Deloitte TVS is the number one startup supporter in Japan, and they spur innovation here by connecting startups with larger companies and government entities. They work free of charge with these startups to help them with acceleration, PR, fundraising, and also finding the right corporate partners here. So far, Deloitte TVS has supported more than 3,000 startups in Japan. And now they have a global open innovation platform connecting startups and enterprises worldwide. It's a great way to connect with some of Japan's biggest players. So be sure to check out what Deloitte TVS has to offer. And we're back. You know, 
some things are just hard to describe on an audio podcast, but I think you get the idea of what Zenoma's e-skin is. It's undoubtedly cool tech, but that $1,000 price tag is going to limit its applications, at least at first. I mean, it's an order of magnitude cheaper than the current motion capture systems, and there are more than a handful of hardcore gamers who would shell out the money for a controller like this. But the bulk of the applications, and certainly the more widespread ones, will have to wait until the prices come down. Which, of course, they will. Talking with Ichiro after the interview made it clear that not only is the technology advancing quickly, but they're learning more about how to optimize production with every batch they make. A decade from now, Zidoma's technology might be so inexpensive we'll see it woven invisibly into everyday fashion. I did, however, find it disappointing, but not surprising, that Zenoma's early adopters were all in the U.S. and China. Japanese firms really seem to have lost their desire to innovate. Ichiro's 20-year career at, and frustration with, Fujifilm was fascinating, and a snapshot into the innovation trap that so many Japanese enterprises find themselves. And for the record, Fujifilm innovates more quickly than do most large Japanese firms. The problem really seems to be one of motivation, not ability. These companies continue to do fantastic basic research and have significant cash reserves, but they find it hard to take the risks on new products. Perhaps it's because their survival is not in question, and they don't feel enough urgency. And that's why, after 20 years, Ichiro has to quit and start his own company to finally bring an innovative product to market. And since we're talking about innovative products, that means it's time for listener mail. Let's see. Lester from Texas writes, I'm an experienced creative director looking to move and continue my career in Tokyo. Is there any insight you can give me regarding establishing myself or connections you can provide? Thanks again, and thanks for the show. Well, Lester, I get a lot of inquiries like this. Uh, Tokyo is a great place to live and work, and a lot of people want to come here. So I've got some good news and some bad news for you. First, the good news is it's never been a better time to be a creative in Tokyo. There's a lot of companies looking for graphic designers and UX, UI guys as well. Now, the bad news is it's really tough to find those positions before coming to Tokyo. But as a creative, uh, a few things you might want to try before you get here. I would check out the Canvas online community of creatives here in Tokyo. It's a canvas.co.com. That's probably your best bet for making connections to the bilingual Tokyo design community. Once you get here, and if you're serious, you really should get here, there are a lot of meetups that are worth attending to connect to the startup community here. And I've listed some of the best ones and the ones I go to on the website under the Connect with Japanese Startups tabs. Please check those out and uh, hope to see you in Tokyo sometime soon. Connie from San Francisco writes, Hi, Tim. My name's Connie, and I'm working on a startup called Code Chrysalis. We plan to launch in Japan around May of this year. Just by the sheer number of companies and people in Tokyo, it makes sense to start the business in Tokyo. However, I also see great things happening in Osaka and Fukuoka, especially with startups. My question is, where would be the best place to create our startup? Appreciate it if you'd post this question and or answer it on your show. Thanks in advance. Best regards, Connie. 
Well, Connie, your wish is my command, and the answer is relatively straightforward. And I know my friends in Fukuoka are not going to like this answer. But really, unless you have a compelling reason, I'd say that 99 times out of 100, when you're coming into Japan, you'll want to use Tokyo as your base of operations. The size of the market is just so much bigger than it is in Osaka and Fukuoka. Now, that's not to say that Osaka and Fukuoka don't have really good startup communities. There's a lot of good stuff happening in both places. Unless you have a really compelling reason like a major client that is in one of those cities or you're close to a supplier that really needs your input, I would say it's best to start in Tokyo simply because if you're doing a market entry, your goal is to sell as much as you can as quickly as you can, and Tokyo makes it easy to do that. So apologies to my dear friends in the beautiful cities of Osaka and Fukuoka, but uh, I gotta recommend starting in Tokyo. If you've got an idea about the future of motion capture devices or would like to play with Xenomas, Come by disruptingjapan.com slash show 77 and tell us about it. We'd love to hear from you. And when you come by the site, you'll see all the links and resources that Ichiro and I talked about and much, much more in the resources section of the post. And most of all, thanks for listening. And thank you for letting people interested in Japanese startups know about the show. I'm Tim Romero, and thanks for listening to Disrupting Japan.